How do we trash talk Tucker this time? My name's Tucker. <laughs> I'm so good at so chess. Good at editing stuff and putting these together. Uh. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts out there. But we're not going to be critics. We're not going to throw numbered reviews at you. We're just going to ask the question at the end of the movie. So did you like it? I am Sir Swearing, and I'm joined as always with my co-host. I'm Kaz713. I am a Sentinel. And that is right. For the next uh, film of Summer of Animation, Adult Side... It is the Animatrix that we checked out this week with a bunch of different directors. Andy Jones, Mahiro Miyata, Shinjiro Watanabe, I, Peter Chunk. There are a few others, but I don't want to mess up their names. I feel like I'd be such an asshole. It is a collection of short stories in the Matrix universe that are done by a bunch of different anima- animation studios. So, uh, a good amount of them from Japan. Uh, where we get to dive into more of the lore and history of the world of the Matrix and some of the concepts that they didn't get to explore in the film itself. And we have a lot to talk about with this film. So where do you want to start? I already started with a weird, obscure joke no one's going to get, so <laughs> it only get better from here. I don't know. See, here's the thing. I remember in the DVD, it started with The Last Flight of Osiris, but when you were showing it on HBO Max, they made that the last one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's even the crazier thing. So I'm, I am I looked up the film, uh, like I brought up the film's like Wikipedia just in case I needed to remember like the names of the titles and stuff like that. And get this, it is the last one in the Wikipedia one. Are you about to tell me that this is going to be like some Mandela effect and a lot of people are just like... Yeah, I remember it too, but HBO is going to be like, what are you talking about? It's never been like that. Warner Brothers backing them up. And next thing you know, we're all fucking insane because we know we live in the Matrix, but no one's going to tell us the truth. No, this is bullshit. I I, I, I got to find like a back of a DVD cover picture somewhere and prove this right because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. The first time I ever saw this movie was on someone's DVD, and uh, it was... Final Flight of the Osiris first, and I remember because I thought to myself, wow, this is not that great. And then we got to uh, um, we got to the actual like anime studio ones, like uh, the Second Renaissance, and I'm just like, wait, what? What are we doing? Holy shit, this is what happened? What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, yeah, because uh, I actually think the Final Flight of the... Motherfucker, Nan is looking up the back of a DVD. It is the final flight of the Osiris, followed by the first and second part <laughs> Hell of the yeah. second Renaissance, kid's story, program, world record. Knew it! Non, detective story, and matriculated? Matriculated ended it. I'm not going to lie, actually. To be honest, I like them re-editing it to put final flight of the Osiris last. Because ending on matriculated would be the weirdest fucking way to end this movie, and it, it that would be a strange cutoff point. Let's be real. I think Final Flight of the Cyrus is a good way to start it, especially if you've seen The Matrix and you're like, okay, well I'll get into this. Final Flight of the Cyrus is such a kind of like a, it, it's a easy story uh, to follow. Not a whole lot of big like uh, philosophical points or anything they're trying to get there. They're just like, hey, this is a story from the Matrix, and it's a lot of stuff you recognize. You got the virtual training room. It's mm-hmm. closer. The animation is closer to like what people look like. 
naked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you got like the outside in the real world stuff where they're flying away on a ship away from like uh, the sentinels and shit or the the, the fly fly uh, tentacle ones. So I think it's a great way to start because it's a good introduction and you're like, hey, look, here's something familiar that you recognize. I mean, I do get that because Final Flight of the Osiris, like, the, it was, it, it's the connector between Matrix and Matrix uh, Reloaded. Like, it's the, yeah. this is how they figured out that, like, Zion was about to be destroyed by a mm-hmm. huge Sentinel army. Uh, my question is, though, like, when this movie came out, it was... June 3rd, 2003, Matrix Reloaded came out May 15th, 2003. So this this film was made around the same time the other ones were making. So it, it makes sense what you're saying here, that like it is good to start off with Final Flight of the Osiris, especially since Matrix 2 came out before this movie, so people could see, like, hey... Were you ever wondering how that happened? There you go. Like, yeah, you want to know what's up with this dweeby kid <laughs> who's oh, yeah. like all about Neo? Ah, uh, a kid story though. Like, I forget how hard it goes, but I think you're right. I, I actually, I think I do agree with you. Putting Final Flight of the Osiris might be best in the at the beginning of this. It's just I still think matriculated might not be the best way to end the movie. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. I don't. It's a kind of just a weird, uh, like just strange taste in your mouth to just end it with. Like it's, it's not. It ends on like a negative note, which is fine, but it's also just the weirdest one visually out of all of them. <laughs> Honestly, the one I probably would have ended on would be either uh, Beyond or a Detective Story. I was thinking Detective Story. Detective Story is amazing, and it, once again, it kind of ends a little miserably, but. Uh, uh, it's a good end, I think, or it'd be a good way to end it, because once again, it's you end on something somewhat familiar. It's like someone on the search for Trinity who wasn't as successful as like Neo. Yeah, and but like yeah, and c- because matriculated is just kind of a mind trip, and then to just like end after that, you just be like, wait, what? <laughs> it belongs somewhere in the middle, but not too close to the second Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The second Renaissance needs to stay far away from matriculated. <laughs> the second Renaissance, though, is one of my favorite sequences in a lot of like films I've seen because it it really puts in a lot of things that you're just like, I know this is a fantasy movie. And, or, like, a sci-fi film, and I know we're talking about, like, robots and humanity, but, like, it really sucks how this is still relevant, and we would probably treat robots like this the exact same way and everything, and it will end up just like this, and we'll all be there just thinking to ourselves, we even made a movie about this, how could we let this happen? Like, even the sequences where, like, they were fighting the robots in the war, and you see human, like, soldiers taking, like, what has to be just amphetamines to keep them moving and keep yeah. them fighting... And just see them, like, completely lose their minds while fighting machines that, like, have almost zero emotion to them. And just yeah. move forward without any hesitation. It's it's a very poignant scene. It's a very poignant sequence. And I get terrified every time I see it. Yeah, and they also got that, like, really cool shot of, like, the robot, like, trumpeter kind of, like, riding a mechanical, like, horse itself. Like, in the, while, like interposed in the background is like you know scenes from war mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a real that's a really cool visual um you know what's really funny though is because you said like oh yeah you're fighting an opponent that has like no emotion some of them like 
Like, you know, because when it started off in the second renaissance, it's like, yeah, the man made robots after themselves and gave it a heart, you know, kind of thing. And so, yeah, some of the robots have feelings of injustice, feelings of uh, like like they want they have like this kind of like weird uh, like ID identity crisis of like wanting to be human or at least maybe passing for human. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have ones that, you know. Uh, have self-preservation at that point, which is what kicks off the whole thing. But, like, as they start to, like, they have their own robot city, and as they start fighting against humans, you don't see that anymore. They basically just manufacture out the quote-unquote soul that humanity gave them. And then when you get to the Matrix movies, there's nothing. They're just efficient killing machines that are harvesting us for power. Oh, shit. Yeah, when you put it like that. Uh, that makes me feel, like, <laughs> awesome, because this movie's amazing when you put it that way, but also really sad at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's just, I'm like, sorry. it's, again, one of those things, like, this is gonna happen, <laughs> we're all gonna watch it happen, and then when we're, like, dying because of it, we'll just all be like, how could we let this happen? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, could we have even prevented this? I guess we just couldn't. But yeah, the thing that we gave them that made them have a sense of... Uh, justice and wanting to like you know survive and have their own city and be treated as equals that's just gone it's just <laughs> I was just like now it's just machine overlord oppressor and us the wee little baby batteries yeah and m- machine overlord oppressor has like baby face and they're so cute you're just like oh look at the wee little baby face oh, they're like like they like they look more like bugs no 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 at the, in Matrix Revolutions when he goes to Machine City and like the AI forms in front of Neo, they like form the head, like they all come together to form the head of like a nondescript gen, like non non gender descript baby, and they even scream at him like, "We need nothing from you!" And it's just like a baby screaming at Neo, and you're just like, "Oh, that's so cute." I guess that's just so they could interface with Neo because they never gave anyone else that courtesy. Oh yeah, no, it's because uh, the reason why is because they didn't kill him is. They needed him because Smith crew were out of control, and the only person that could take him down was Neo. Oh right, right. You know, I'm googling it, and also like, what? Not only am I googling it, but I see like, yeah, it's this weird, creepy face. But its name is also Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, and he's voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who's also uh, in the Animatrix. Uh, this was, that was a, that was a choice. <laughs> Boy, I never, that was never, a choice. Never let anyone convince you that the Matrix is subtle ever. I yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're uh, right. So we already started talking about the Second Renaissance. So I guess we'll just keep going with that. <laughs> yeah, you get the backstory. Humans give made machines made us all. You get this like machine butler, and he's just sad because people like are you know kicking around him and just throwing glasses and shit. <laughs> and he just wants to be a tidy butler. Yeah, and like, and it it all comes to a head when uh, a like domestic android is threatened by his owners. It's like, I'm gonna deactivate you for messing something up. So he kills his owner and the pets, not the cats, and the mechanic that was supposed to shut him off. But the owner might have had that coming. Uh, I guess it depends where you fall in the whole like. I mean, it's just a toaster 
the problem. <laughs> like I know, I know, I know, I'm gonna eat real big shit for my anti-toaster sentiments when the robot uprisings come. I'm gonna be fucked. But uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. If my smart fridge starts talking, I'm like, I need to unplug this right now. <laughs> this, is, this is bad. And I love how like the first, like the what what. what what the robots do after this murder case breaks out is the most, like, realistic thing. I hate saying that word, actually, with this. I'm not going to say realistic. Just, like, insanely awesome thing to do to just fuck up human society. They just go and form their own country named Zero One and then completely decimate every other world economy. Yeah. By being so damn efficient. I will say, though, Zero One, bitch name. So much for a soul. Jeez. <laughs> Couldn't have put a little bit of soul into that one. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, they're going back to their origins, all right? They're they're accepting their origins, and they're like, we are zero one. But we have a heart. And they want to join the UN. And humans will not let them join the UN. And we black out the sky, and everyone dies. And that's just, like, you know, how it goes. Like, that's, that's just the way the apple falls, you know? Yeah, I think it's been talked to death how incredibly dumb civilization is in the matrix world the idea is like yeah we're just gonna blot out the sun because they need as a power source and it's not like we use the sun for anything if anything it gives you cancer fuck that sun i'm gonna shoot a gun at the sun right now (laughs) yeah um, look at todd over there he's been fired at the sun for the last six hours i think i'm gonna get it billy Uh, he's never going to get it, but we don't want to say anything to him. <laughs> so we're just going to block it, which I mm-hmm. guess was a viable strategy, because I guess they did need to use the sun for power. Were they solar-powered, yeah. or the city was, to some extent? Oh, yeah, yeah. All the uh, all the robots were mostly solar power. Yeah. So then they just, once again, it's been talked to death, but they decide, yeah, we're going to use y'all as batteries then, which I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, I don't, I wouldn't make for a very good battery. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they've already proven that, like, we would make horrible batteries. You're better off getting, like, a potato. Doing like, one of it, those... would ma- it would take more power just to get the energy out of us than it would be viable to do this. No, yeah, but they're recycling people into juice and feeding it to the new ones, so it's it's 100% like eco-friendly. <laughs> it's from a sustainable source, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the human farms are fine. We all went over it with OSHA. It was above board. It even has the certified sticker on it. When they when you show when they uh, show them experimenting on the humans to like prepare them to be batteries and like set up the matrix, that is terrifying. Like just yeah. watching them poke around the human brain and how many different ways they've been like dissected and everything. I legit get nauseous watching some of those scenes. Yeah, and they just, like, make that guy laugh and cry just by tickling parts of his brain. And you're just like, oh, I really hope he's not alive. Victorious, the machines now turned to the vanquished. Applying what they had learned about their enemy, the machines turned to an alternate and readily available power supply, the bioelectric, thermal, and kinetic energies of the human body. A newly refashioned symbiotic relationship between the two adversaries was born. The machine drawing power from the human body, an endlessly multiplying, infinitely renewable energy source. 
This is the very essence of the second renaissance. I think he was. I mean, well, maybe maybe, maybe not, because they also had that other face that was, like, cut in half, and it was, like, opening its mouth and moving its eyes around, and that's because they were, once again, just kind of probing at the brain. So, I don't know. He could have been dead. Uh, sweet dreams are made of these. Probably not. <laughs> the yeah, more they probably wasn't dead. I don't think they consider actually. mercy an option. Yeah, they fucking like one of those guys like in one of those big old mech thingies. They laser it open and they just yank him the fuck out since he can't move. It's disabled. And so, yeah, he just rips him out of his arms and legs. Uh, that freaked me out as a kid. This is also a great movie to watch as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Everyone, uh, cue it up with your five-year-old. It'll be awesome. So now that we know the history of how the Matrix started and how, like, humanity was destroyed, and we've done our, our history lesson for you, and this will be on the test, what cool thing do you want to talk about next? Ghosts and haunted house. <gasps> you this want to talk is, about is. ghosts? I'm like, yeah, let's talk about ghosts and haunted houses. I'm not going to lie. Beyond was one of the ones that, like, I usually forget about Beyond until I rewatch it, and I'm just like, holy crap, this is amazing, and then I forget it exists. Yeah, that's the one where, like, I, I do love what it's explaining. I love how the Haunted House story is talking about, like, the anomalies and glitches that happen within the Matrix and, like, some of the tasks force the programs have to quickly deal with them. This is one of my favorite ones as a kid, actually, just because, one, it's very nice and colorful and, uh... Uh, and also just the idea that them explaining like, oh yeah, anytime you think you see like a haunting in this and that, or, you know, uh, phenomena, it's, you know, all that stuff. It's just a glitch in the matrix kind of thing. Uh, and as a kid, you know, I used to think I saw all those stuff a lot. Like I used to think I saw ghosts, uh, here and there or weird happenings that I couldn't understand as a wee little baby child. Um, and so the idea <laughs> the that baby yes, the idea that this came out and had a like a neat explanation, not that I really believe that we're in like a simulation all that stuff, or are we? Um, <laughs> but um, it was I thought it was a neat explanation for all that stuff. So I really like this one as a kid. It is very reminiscent of a lot of like anime films uh, that I've seen. Let me look up beyond real quick and which studio did this one. And it's. It's voiced by, like, two or three Rugrats. Yes, there are, like, three Rugrats in here, and it is pretty awesome. Uh, I think it was Phil, Lil, and... And Bobby Hill. And Bobby Hill, that's right. <laughs> Phil, Lil, and Bobby Hill. They were all in the Rugrats. You can't convince me otherwise. Oh, it was Studio <laughs> 4 Degrees Celsius that did it. Wait, Memories? Oh, my gosh, they did Memories? Holy crap. Memories is an amazing... Uh, set of uh short stories of like sci-fi nature but no they've, they've done a good amount of stuff oh they did jet they did justice league the flashpoint paradox movie uh but anyway yeah, kids, back to justice kids league. are all having fun doing all what <laughs> <laughs> all right so when amanda waller shows up in this episode <laughs> and she's trying to recruit uh terry <laughs> He's talking about <laughs> Batman and his old exploits <laughs> against the Royal Flush Gang. And that's when Phil, Lil, and Bobby Hill show up. Yeah, and they're throwing glass on the floor, bottles, and then it, like, reforms, comes back up, and they're trying to catch it. Um, I think they also see, like, Deja Vu with the cat, like I think they did in the first movie. Or, like, you see the cat going, then you see the cat going. Yeah, uh, them, like, jumping from the second story to, like, float right above the ground yeah just right before hitting the ground which 
I would be too much of a chicken shit to try. It seems like they were young enough to not care. Uh, I was a coward as a kid, too. Uh, I think what really freaked me the fuck out once again as a kid, because uh, I had, like, nightmares that was reminiscent of this, was, like, that lady opening the door to, like, the sunken place. <laughs> she opens the door and just black void and whispers. Uh, and, yeah, like, that just reminiscent of, like, some nightmares I would have. So I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> that door freaks me out, man. Yeah, just like whispering all the dark things that happen in the Matrix. Yeah. I like how it shows though that like Yoko takes to this anomaly pretty quickly. Like she starts doing stuff with gravity that all the kids were like, "How is she doing that?" That I, that I thought was mm-hmm. really impressive, showing that like you know the right people, even when they're adults, can still see past the veil, I guess, and like be willing to think the right way to take control. But I really want to know what's in that dark void. Because I'm really thinking that, like, that Mm. has to be the Cthulhu uh, glitch. Nah, I don't think so, man. That, it has to be. Because if you're telling me vampires, ghosts, and werewolves can exist in fucking the Matrix, then Cthulhu exists in the Matrix. Okay, but he's not just in a door. Hey, hey, (laughs) it's a glitch. That's the laziest way to... So laziest way to find Cthulhu. You gotta put more effort than that. Come on. Apparently, you can just go to a French restaurant and find the Merovingian, who sends you like a cyber orgasm bomb in your chocolate pie. Uh, <laughs> I hate that fucking scene so much. I've never been more annoyed about hearing someone talk about cake. I I also I also have to say these are probably the tamest agents I've ever experienced when it comes to this short. Like, they don't kill anybody, they don't, they just quickly get them off, just like, we have to, like, deal with this contamination, and then they're just back in their beds, everything's fine. Yeah, and even, like, the girl, they're just like, you have to observe her, she's seen something, but they don't really follow up, and she's fine. And they don't even, they don't, I don't mean, I don't know that there is even a possibility that it's not like this is men in black, but it's like, yeah, they don't have, like, any kind of, like, mind wipe or any kind of, like, forget what you saw here today, children, it's just, get them out of here. Well, also, one, why, why stir shit when you don't have to? And two, it's a bunch of kids. You can just, everyone will just think it was the rest of their imagination. Who's going to believe a bunch of kids? And then that one weird girl that thought she had a cat but never had a cat. Yeah, what a, What was the deal with the cat? The cat was a glitch. It was the whole time? Yeah, that's what it seems. Okay. okay. I thought he just happened to be in the wrong place. I'm like, yeah, we just erased him too because, you know, he's there. <laughs> we don't need cats. <laughs> <laughs> like hey guys there's a cat in here ah fuck it <laughs> we just we're, we're we're mowing down the whole place building a parking lot anyways yeah next day beautiful just, just recode the cat into the pavement beautiful industrial parking lot just what beautiful. they needed in that neighborhood center then they you get the do 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 like kind of little like a crosswalk little chime uh-huh, uh-huh. that it, it starts and ends on yeah unfortunately though i have to say when it comes to this, I think I like kids' story better than Beyond. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, like I said, I liked it as a kid. Uh, now thinking about it, it's like one of those like it's mm-hmm. not that deep. It's it's a story within the Matrix, but like doesn't really have a whole lot to say other than hey, look at this cool thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I do like it. It's just like with the flight with the final flight of the Osiris that since it connects to the movie, like you're just like okay, that's cool. Kid's story also connects with the movie, but in just a crazy way. 
Like, yeah, you really don't care about the kid that you meet in The Matrix Reloaded that's really obsessed with Neo. And being he's just some yeah, dweeb. he's just some dweeb. We don't care. He's even just like, <laughs> I've put in a lot of thought of this and I want to join the Nebuchadnezzar. Like, it's no surprise. You follow this guy around every time you visit Zion, kid. We know exactly where you want to go. So, you don't really think about him. And then this short, and you see how he was woken up out of the Matrix, and it is awesome. Oh, the animation in it. Like, when I first watched it, I didn't like it because of its, like, weird, like, almost never fully drawn style. Like, sketchy. Yeah, very, very, very sketchy, sketchy. look to it. Like, almost like this is read by uh, uh, LeVar Burton during Reading Rainbow, like that type of animation. But super epic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's a pull, but yeah. Um, you, you, you see what the kid went through in, like, his last day in the Matrix. And it is that situation of just, like, uh, a teenager that finds himself never feeling connected to reality and that he's only ever feels real when he's dreaming. And that type of, like, paranoia that almost kind of gives you as he goes through his day until his cell phone starts continually ringing even though he turns it off and he gets the call from Neo, like, they're on to you, agents are coming, you need to run. And the chase sequence in this, in this school scene is so good. Oh, I was so into it. Yeah, it, it has a weird warped distortion of reality kind of feel to it. Like, people are, like, moving and bending in ways that don't make sense. Uh, kind of complements the art style. Um, but, yeah, he fucking books it away from the agents. Or as agents are kind of, like, following him around the, in the school. Not only, like, agents, but, like, his teacher, his principal. Yeah, his teacher is way fucking invested in catching this kid. What is his deal? <laughs> He has it out I, for this kid. He does not like this kid. It's that type of situation. It's like, this kid who's, is just a failure, so he's going to be the one I pick on the most. Yeah, you got, like, fucking agents from the Matrix going in, and they're, like, we follow him to the girls' bathroom, and, like, the the, the agents stop when they see, like, the windows open. Is like, okay, the kid went out the window. The fucking teacher, like, runs in there, and he's, like, looking outside the window up at him as he sees him climbing. It's like, dude. There he is. There's that fucking kid. You're going to use that gun, right? <laughs> it's to see what the kid has to go through just just to make it to that scene. You have to think to yourself in both ways that like it's either a kid who is terrified or a kid who is really paranoid and like you don't know what he's seeing is real. But as we know, this is the Matrix. He is seeing uh, what's real. But it's just... It's just so well done. I wish I had, like, a better way to put it. Why I like this one. It makes me care about a character I never thought I'd care about. And as, as you pointed out to me, uh, he breaks out of the Matrix in the most unconventional way any character has ever done in so far, or depicted. Yeah. Uh, that they've depicted, actually. Yeah, there's no, there, there was no, like, red or blue pill. He didn't have to make a choice because the choice had already been made. Like, that's it. Like... Yeah. He's done it, and he he leaps off the school, which, trigger warning, sorry, a uh, little bit of, like, a suicide depiction here with making that choice, and yeah. you see, like, his funeral, too, and talking about how, like, just a lost kid that wasn't given help, 
but we know uh, he's fine because we go back to his room and like in on his computer you see like the hacker chat room answer like you are not alone indicating that like they picked him up they found him they woke him up and he's found his way to like reality itself well yeah they even have the part where he's opening his eyes and you see the silhouette of uh, Neo and Trinity oh that's right you even see their uh... their silhouettes I forgot about that yeah and they um they tell him like you are free now or you're awake or something like that so Final Flight of the Osiris um, is fun Kit's story was a surprise and amazing that ending's super bleak though and let's not let's not think of that as aspirational you're not really into simulation no. folks <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not in a simulation. Just realize what this—that this is just yeah. making you care about a character you didn't know you could care about. <laughs> it's also supposed to—they're trying to show like the six months that happened when like uh, the Nebuchadnezzar was just freeing people left and right in the Matrix. Oh, okay. Because uh, they they talk about that like at the beginning of the second movie, where it's just like we freed more minds in the last year than like than we have in like the last ten years or something like that. Yeah. They did that as such a nothing throwaway line that, like, I completely didn't even remember they did that. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, shit, they mentioned that. Oh, okay, fuck me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to talk about amazing art styles. Let's talk about some samurais. <gasps> talk about samurais? Yeah. We're talk about samurais. Yeah, you have to say the name of all of them because I don't remember the name of any of them. We're talking about Program. Program. There you go. This one, I think, has the most beautiful art style, or at least the one that I enjoyed the most. This one is short is gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. It is definitely one of the most memorable. Oh, it's use of color and it's shadow. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Oh, it's so good. See, here's another one that I'm like, it's visually very nice and cool. But once again, like as far as like having like a deep philosophical thing or anything like that, not so much. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just have a ser- like a series of duels like this very kurosawa-esque like samurai duel uh between two uh people uh, free in the matrix who were uh, i guess um lovers and uh he reveals later on that he made a deal with the agents and he wants out they're all gonna be put back in they'll be ignorant again very much like cypher in the first one yeah. cypher and uh yeah, I think Cypher in the first Duo, movie. who is the, the man, offers Sis, which is her name, uh, a chance to come with him to go back to the Matrix and they can be together still in the Matrix. Um, and that, like, they don't have to keep fighting and dying for no reason. And that, I... You can tell she really cares for this man, too. Because at first she just thinks mm-hmm. he's joking. Like... Like, her, her friend could never say something like this. Like, that this isn't possible. And then he's he's very serious. He's You see that change in expression with her when she realizes that, like, this is not a joke. And even, like, the kind of just betra- the sense of betrayal she has as she's, like, hearing these words. And he's voiced by Samurai Jack. And he's voiced by Phil Lamar. Right, what did I say? And But, like, I gotta say, one of the best fight, fight sequences in, like, the entirety of The Matrix. All of it. It's so good. Duo versus Sis as, like, these two are just, like, duking it out over their, like, ideologies and, like, what's right and wrong while uh, Duo is, like, constantly pressuring her because, like, he is the better duelist in this situation. Oh, it's so good. Especially when, like, they get to the roof with, like, the red sky yeah, 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 background. Yeah, yeah. Love that Great. shit. Wait, you're telling me that you like this more than the, than the horny uh, horny f- <laughs> fight? The horny clothes tearing fight? 
You're saying this one's better? I I have to be real with you, man. Like, I really <laughs> liked the horny fight, and it was, like, great. And, like, I love how, like, it was supposed to show, like, whatever. But this fight was, like, actual artistic integrity, and it was beautiful, and they were trying something new, and I felt moved and, like, feelings that I should always feel. <laughs> I gotta complain about that horny fight, but we'll, we'll talk about this one for now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this one they have like this badass duel, this fight to the death at the at the end, and then yeah, she you're right, she, like he is seems to be you know uh, better than her or better trained and better you know better at implementing his skills. Uh, but yeah, she in just like a moment of zen or something like that, she just very much calms her mind, waits for like him to slash through her fucking grabs the blade by like slapping her hands together and breaks that shit like breaks the tip of the blade off to stab him with it it's like oh through that throat (laughs) yeah and the last thing he says before he dies is that he loves her yeah and her sense of like as much as as you said she clearly loves this person her sense of duty into the truth and what they're fighting for apparently means more to her and then she's pulled out of the program, and she's freaking out. And there was no there was duo. duo the whole time. That's fucked up, man. But yeah, she she like you were saying, she wakes up, or they they, they take her out of it. It was a whole thing, program simulation, I guess, to, to check her resolve is kind of a test. Concentration, battle skills, uh, ability to think on the fly, and dedication. Yeah. So she fucking punches, I think, the operator or maybe the captain of the ship. I don't know. And goes off to the elevator. I would be pissed too, dude. They basically programmed feelings into her. Yeah. They fucking gaslit her into programming. Yeah, it's a real big, like, betrayal of trust. Especially, like, just to, like, prove your loyalty. Like, they forced her to kill a man. They had programmed her to believe that she had, like, woken up in the Matrix with as well. And, like, loved and had, wor- yeah. had fought for years and years. Like, oh, my gosh. And then to wake up and find out none of that's real. How do you not develop dissociative disorders? I mean, have you never had a dream where, like, it feels really real and you think it's really real? And then you wake up and you're like, oh. Nope. Yeah, but remember when you like die in the Matrix, you die in real life. What if she died in the Matrix? Oh, I mean, I think they would have cut the the program. I think. Nah, I, I don't know. They would have just wrote her off as a lost cause. Jeez, I don't know, man. I don't know if they're that hardcore, but yeah, it seems really fucked up that I did. I didn't. That's nothing that I don't think they have movies ever addressed. That you could just program feelings into someone when you check them into the Matrix. That seems really fucked up. That's a bad thing. <laughs> to do i mean I, I don't know man i don't i don't know admittedly if you want if you wanted to just chill you could just be like yeah throw me in there and just make me high as a fucking <laughs> kite man like, just program me to think i'm on all sorts of chemicals man i just need to chill and vibe for a, f- a couple seconds everyone's favorite uh replayed program is woodstock <laughs> the weekend of woodstock She's like, yeah, man, they just got out of the Woodstock Protocol. (laughs) (laughs) Talks about, like, how he was really doing things there. Like, they were the people really trying to change the world at the time. Yeah, man. (laughs) We didn't listen to no agents at the time. The guy in a suit, fuck that shit. It was all about the music, man. And the music broke you free. 
Do you want to talk about world records? Yeah, I suppose we could talk about world records. I mean, setting world records would be incredible, right? Yeah. But what if setting a world record could mean you could break reality itself? What if you were so good at setting world records <laughs> that you broke the physical limitations of what a human could do? What if you legitimately ran so fast you broke yourself out of the matrix thus proving that humans were more you're right that could never happen anyway back onto the next story so in matriculated i'm just the sound effects in world records are eerie yeah all the sound effects they associate with the human muscles are just (laughs) oh the the detail when they show like each muscle just like throbbing as he's running just a uh that 100 meter dash yeah and it just sounds like explosions of just like the muscles and even then like when they're not like doing that and they show like the muscles tightening it has this weird kind of like i don't know like a rope on a winch kind of sound where it's just kind of like just this 10 like uh this sound of tension They're just like, I don't know, man. It's, just, it's creepy. Here's the thing, though. I, I think it's pretty crazy how, like, the Matrix was already scared about this runner, whose name is um, Dan Davis, uh, because he set a world record mm. of 8.99 seconds for a 100-meter dash, and the Matrix was like, nah. So they set up a whole drug bust and everything to get his gold medal revoked publicly. Systems do their work. We might plant the evidence or create the program, but you know, like, hey, he deserved it. See, that's why they took away all of Lance Armstrong's <laughs> awards. <laughs> Getting too close to the him. Matrix. Uh, but that is funny. I'm wondering, like, so, okay, yeah, they said a, a drug scandal or whatever, but, like, if you took enough drugs to, like, go past regular human uh, mo- mo- mobility or whatever, human human prowess, does that still get you out of the Matrix? Or does it have to be natural? Yeah, I guess it's because, like, they were trying to, like, get people to believe that, like, the human body can't do that. So yeah, he must okay, be on enough. something. Yeah, because I guess if other people thought they could do it naturally, then you'd have more people possibly breaking free. That's a good. Uh, that's a good point. But I'm just wondering if I could take so much drugs that I accidentally free myself. All right, let's experiment. <laughs> All right, I'm willing. I'm. I'll be a test subject. Welcome to a very special episode of So You Did Too Many Drugs. <laughs> I'm your host. Whoa. And I'm your co-host. What? Light has weight? Oh, man, I can feel the light pushing on me right now. (laughs) (laughs) It could happen. Uh, But yeah, these... Oh, don't tempt me with a good time. The fucking agents screw this man over so hard. But, like, dude, the fact that he just immediately is like, okay, then I'm just going to go break that record again and prove them wrong. It's just like the most like, oh, you are a king energy, you know? Like, yeah, he's so fast that in the world of the Matrix themselves, like Trinity has a line when Neo is able to dodge bullets. He's like, I've never seen anyone move that fast. Only they move that fast. And in the episode, while he's sprinting, people morph into agents behind him. 
and they're reaching for him, and they still can't catch him. He is so fast, he can outrun agents. Like, he straight up breaks through bullet time in this sequence. In this one moment of pure human determination and belief and the choice to keep running to prove everyone wrong, he straight up, like, time freezes. Like, that's how the, like, agents are going to grab him to where he shouldn't be able to move. And then he just breaks out of that, like full on breaks the program and just rips through his pod for a second. All of his cords coming out, except the main one on his neck, seeing the world for what it really is. And it's so fucking good. (laughs) I didn't see that time stop as time actually stopping. I thought like like you were saying with like bullet time. Yeah, it's supposed to be bullet time. Yeah, where it's like, you know, it's so fast that, like, this is imperceptible to, like, human eyes kind of thing, like, the speed mm-hmm. at which they're moving, but he breaks on through that fast. It's, oh my gosh, it's so good. So fast that when one of the machine scouts finds him and plugs him back in and sedates him back into the Matrix, this man just explodes across the pavement. <laughs> like, full-on flies another hundred meters, like breaking ev- like all the like bones in his legs and everything but completing with a time of 8.72 seconds like a time no other human will probably ever meet and it wasn't because he was on drugs because he was just that fucking determined in himself because he was free because he was because such he a good, was free. good boy <laughs> And, like, he's, uh, we see him, like, right after this, and he's crippled now. Like, he, he's confined to a wheelchair, he stays in the hospital, he barely talks, and he just, like, holds, like, two walnuts in his hand while his nurse is just talking to him. And the agents are just like, yeah, his memory's been erased, he won't remember anything. Looks like he won't be flying anytime soon either. Like, thinking, like, oh, I'm so fucking hot shit, taking away the legs of a poor, innocent man. Mm. And then... Dan just stands up and takes a few steps. He's reaching up to the sky going, what, did, what was he saying? He says free. And the agent just like, is like, sit down. Yeah, he's like freaking the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> World Record is by far my favorite short of the Animatrix. Like, I know I've said I've liked a lot of these. World Record is my favorite. And it's because... I love the director of World Record, and I'm a huge fan of Redline. And you can see a lot of the inspiration of Redline in World Record, because like Redline was a 10-year dream project sequence sort of situation. Uh, so this was like two years into that when World Record was made. And that helped propel more into what Redline was going to be. Guy likes racing. And Guy really likes racing, and he loves, like, world record is serious. Redline is not so serious. Yay. I will say that. With with world record, this is probably his more serious take on, like... Redline's more like if Speed Racer had, like, was way more stylized. Like, remember how Speed Racer was already crazy in the 60s? What if Speed Racer was crazy in the 60s on drugs and in space? Yeah. Okay, I don't really know how to broach this one. But we have to talk about matriculated. This is the one about robots. It is the one about robots. Yay. But what happens with the robots? Uh, We got, like, I don't know. The art style for this one reminded me a lot of uh, uh, Alexander the Great anime. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it's very, like, 
people's proportions do not make a damn lick of sense. Oh, they do not care. Is it like the <laughs> same studio that did like Aeon Flux? Maybe, I don't know. I guess now that you mention it, I could see the uh, similarities. Uh, but yeah, we got like people. This one's all out. Well, no, not all out in the real world. Uh, this one shows like, uh, I guess the this this one crew out in the real world and what their their project seems to be. Like this, is jumping ahead a little bit, but the project seems to be like converting robots, like one by one. It seems to, I guess, be on the side of humanity. Not so much a conscience or anything like that, because some of them, I mean, you can't really tell. With the main robot that this ends up being about, it seems like it seems to have some kind of emotional connection or something. But like the other ones, it's just, I don't know. One was just powered off until it was turned on to fight robots. Actually, it seems like that was what all of them were doing. They're just powered down until they were ready to fight other robots. Yeah, like they were only used for uh, just like defense. That was their whole thing. They were tools, but this one, this one believed. It really wanted to be something more than just a tool. Uh, they did state that this particular one was probably the most advanced uh, they've ever encountered. Yeah, the bunch of dipshits. They've been doing this forever, and they didn't never factored in the idea that hey, maybe they might develop trackers. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, we're going to lead it in the trap. We're going to run away. And the lady seems really good at it. Like, she's done this for a while. Uh, she grabs this weird little monkey baby thingy, and she runs away with it and escapes. And as they're chasing it, one of them just poops out a little a little tracker beacon that, like, calls for backup. And did none of you ever think that that could ever be a possibility? Hmm? Nah, nah, it's fine. Assholes. Anyway. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. So, yeah. The robots go and chase him down. Uh, One of them gets taken down, and the other one gets led into a trap, basically, where they uh, subdue it and then plug plug its ass into a program. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what type of program is this? Acidtrip.exe. You know what? That is actually the best joke you could have told, and I'm super fucking proud of you for it. That is, like, this is the craziest trip sequence I've ever seen. I don't... I don't really get it, and the beginning of it is what really confuses you, and you were the one that was the most vocal about it. Yeah, yeah, everyone's just kind of, like, frolicking around, and the robot is looking around confused, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, where am I, one? And then, two, they're just, like, they're going through these doors and kind of being sealed off, like, one by one and chasing them, and then they go through a door, and then it's sealed off, and so it goes after another person and gets sealed off, same thing. And then finally it turns around, and there's just two people... These two people who are in the program just fucking on the floor, though they have no <laughs> genitals, and they're just like giggling and having a good time. And the robot's just like, seriously? And they're like, tee, and they go and run off to their own fucking room or whatever. But I'm like, y'all are here for something. Like, y'all, aren't y'all on a mission? Yeah. Got in a quickie before we started the program. <laughs> no, they had to show the robot that there was love. Physical attraction. <laughs> we need to show the robot that things can be fuckable, I guess. I don't what? <laughs> Why do we care whether the robot knows what attraction is? And I and I do understand what it's trying to do. Like it's experiencing like mystery and like it experienced yeah. moments of horror and confusion. It seems like mostly horror to me from the <laughs> robot's perspective. But they're they're trying to make it believe that it has an emotional bond with the human that caught it. They're they're trying to reprogram this runner. Okay, well, 
Hopefully those two people who were on the floor simulating sex were an actual couple and not just like, all right, you guys drew the short stall. Y'all going to be the ones fucking on the floor. <laughs> God damn it. Now this, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's exactly how they do it. They just draw <laughs> straws. Yeah. And it's weird how it's always been the same two people that draw the shortest straw. Weird. Seems rigged. Ah. I think I think the whole crew is just trying to ship them. <laughs> <laughs> They're just they, it's a will they won't they and god damn it we all want them to we're gonna force this if we have to they hate each other so much it's gonna be so perfect when they fight they just fall in love <laughs> but they don't get to cause they all die <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, in this program, uh, we have some weird, dumb Scooby-Doo shit where people are coming from like far away, seeing each other in the rooms, going into rooms and shit, and just like the robot just following. At this point, it's not even like chasing them to kill. It's just like, I don't know what's going on. I just, these people were dead, and now they're gone, and I stuck my head through a Looney Tunes hole, Yeah, and then its skin just peels off of itself. And then like one guy almost killed him with like a ball that was he was throwing for like points that didn't make any sense, but... You know, okay. Yeah, yeah. This robot was fast enough to dodge that ball going at the fucking speed of sound, and yet when it's like little skin peels off into a little ball and starts spinning around this little rim, this motherfucker can't catch it? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> are you efficient or are you not, robot? Oh, I'm so indignant about the at the robot. <laughs> so Stupid they, toaster. Like we said, the eyes turned green, seeing that this should hopefully worked. But before they could really finish it, the lab gets attacked by, what do you know, sentinel reinforcements because of oh. the tracker. In the program, not only do the lights, I mean, the lights turn green, but it also gets, like, a human corporeal body. Like, it yeah. has, like, the four limbs instead of being a weirdo, like... Like, he, they become, like, humanoid and realize, like, different things about life and, you know... So do this, does the robot save their life? Uh, no. It just comes out of this program, gaslight, <laughs> gaslit and very confused, as this lady's just, like, shaking its shoulders, like, help me, goddammit. And then the thing just kind of grabs her and flies off with her. Uh, oh, it, I, I mean, it does fight back yeah. against that last remaining robot. Because, like, yeah, the whole crew's fighting. They shoot it with their little electronic or the little, like, Tesla coil guns. And some of the other robots, they awaken help fight it, but... Yeah, they suck, so they all get demolished. They even killed the monkey baby while he was still jacked in. Did no one want to unplug the monkey baby? Bastards. Apparently they didn't want to unplug the monkey baby. But when uh, with this like woman dying, the one that caught the runner, the runner pl- takes her body, plugs her back into the program. She realizes what is happening screams in complete horror as she just dissolves from existence because she dies and that is when this robot like probably the only robot in all of like this world fully realizes the concept of death and loss and then this it just start it's it ends how it stops with or how it started with the robot runner just in the real world again unplugged still with green eyes looking out at the ocean the same way the human was at the beginning and you can you get a sense that like they don't want to return to the war like they now understand what both sides have to go through and it's it's not great but it can't go to humans because what human would understand that this 
This is it's this just thing so is fucking trippy as hell. Why were those two just fucking on the floor? What was with the weird centipede? What was with the monkey baby? Why was a monkey baby needing to be jacked into the matrix? Well, yeah, why was the monkey baby a part of that? <laughs> Did it serve much purpose other than just being a creepy little monkey baby? Like, the needle they used to, like, plug the humans into the Matrix was bigger than the fucking monkey baby itself, so what the hell was going on? I don't know. Did... Like, did they do that to the monkey baby, or did the machines, like, well, I guess we'll also put, just put animals in. No, they did that to the monkey baby. Okay, because I was going to be like, is our dog, is she plugged in right now as we speak? <laughs> well, while you deal with that sort of question and what that could mean for you, I say we talk about the final one, which I think it might be my second favorite one. So one I always forget about, to be honest, like just like Beyond, but I do love this. Oh, one. we were we were just gonna, because we, we just very like very quickly skimmed over like Final Flight of the Osiris. We didn't want to go into any more detail with that one. Okay, real oh, quick. No, no, that's right. I'm sorry. Okay, because we'll I was like, into, I still we're gonna. I, I totally forgot. We, we talked about it at the beginning, but we didn't actually go into. Detail. We could skip over it. I just wanted to have my one complaint about the horny fight. We don't. We won't skip over it. Oh, don't okay. worry. Never All right. Mind. This isn't the last so, one. I lied to you guys. Opening scene, first short, horny fight. <laughs> <laughs> Location, same place that Neo fought uh, uh, Morpheus. Much less horny, much hornier than that one fight, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like a dude fighting a lady. It's the one that's on the cover. It's the one they use to show, like, uh, for trailers to show, like, hey, look at how technology advances and how pretty the graphics are. It's very kind of Final Fantasy with uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within, but with like not as nice hair. It's gonna look so crazy, guys. Spirits Within had like immaculate hair. Like even watching it now, I'm like. I do. What the hell? <laughs> Why did y'all spend so much time on this? Hey, man, nothing's more important than hair mechanics. Okay. You know, she was supposed to. She was supposed to be like the first virtual like actor. Like she was gonna be in multiple movies just as a program character. What? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> she's the first VTuber. Is what I'm saying. No, failed experiment. Didn't work. But uh, and yeah, they're like fighting with swords while blindfolded. I'm like, this seems like a bad idea but yeah sure enough like slowly over the course of the fight they're just like ripping each other's like slashing each other's like clothes off each other and you're getting like these long like fan servicey shots so like the lady like you know they cut off the top first and like you know they show her in a bra uh the camera leers over her eventually she gets the guy back cuts off you know his top and so you get some man chest then they Cuts off the bottoms, and so she's in her just in her undies, and you get like shots of legs or butt, all that stuff. And he lifts his uh, lifts his uh, uh, bandana and just kind of takes a peek. Uh, and you tell they're they're both like totally horny for each other. This is unlike the other one, the uh, the program. I think they're both real because they they have a counterpart when they wake up. <laughs> so this isn't a weird weird dupe. And then she cuts off like his bottoms and they show her peeking, but you never get a shot of him from the waist down after that. Yeah, like, come I on, man. Just show me. Just just when they're unplugged, I think you get like a wide shot of both of them. But like, yeah, there's no lingering shot on the man's legs. There's no package, no man ass. Like, where's the equality in this? Come on. <laughs> I was promised something beautiful and it didn't deliver. There was no man ass, at least. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, I just you can't even show me the outline of a package. That's yeah, that's that's my complaint about this horny fight. Is like okay, sure it's male sir, it's fan servicey for dudes, but like come on, <laughs> where's either? Is that like where's, nothing else you want to talk about about where, this short? Where's the fan service for either like the gay demographic or the ladies? Come on, <laughs> this is what you want to talk about for this short. Yeah, what else is there to talk about? Oh yeah, I think she delivers a tape or a package or something. There you go. There was an old lady in it. It's like, oh, you hope it gets where it's going, dear. And that's about it. Like, oh no, there she is dies. a part because she's got to be in a hurry because they're gonna their their ships being attacked. So she's got to go in the matrix and deliver the package and shit. And so she's like, has to hurry up. And while she's like jumping off this rooftop, she's doing some sick ass tricks and flips. <laughs> she's like, all right, I know I'm in a hurry, oh, core, but core, hold core. on, I need some style points. Like this is fucking like. Marvel Spider-Man. <laughs> she gets extra web power if she does enough flips. You have to understand, Jue <laughs> is very proud of her ability to be the parkour delivery service. She's great at it, actually. She fucking lands, lands on a beam with her hands, like legs spread out in some kind of maneuver. I don't even know is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I am confused about the physics of it, but it was cool to watch. I physically can't move like that. Uh, but everyone dies. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's why this is. And then yeah, everyone dies. It looked cool though. Yeah, it looked nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the last. Oh, the last finally. One. Uh, this one, I uh, this one, I think also was one of my favorites actually as a kid, and it might be my favorite now. It's between this and World Record. Oh, man, is it so good? It's so different. Like, it almost seems like it's its own. It's own contained story that you could totally just spin off and talk yeah. about. Like this like whole neo-noir private detective setting with him just like ah, doing neo-noir. Ah, yeah. uh, trying to do his best to like track down the hacker known as Trinity with the weirdest computer systems I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like technologically advanced or at least on par with stuff that they had at the time, you know, technology at the time. But it's got like this old timey, like fucking like 20s to 50s feel like somewhere between that those era or that generation. Uh, I, as a child, I always wanted his typewriter. It's like a digital typewriter that works on his computer, but it looks like an analog typewriter, like a like a. Well, no, I'm sorry. It's like a digital keyboard, but it looks like a typewriter. There you go. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's got like, yeah. It is pretty sweet. It's it's dope as shit. And so like, as a kid, I always wanted one of those. I know they exist now, and it would be easy to find one, but I'm like, eh, what do I need it for? I also like how they made sure to keep using the uh, Alice in Wonderland motifs, too, for this one. Especially because yeah. it really does work with the detective setting. Of like going through the looking glass and like the detective diving deeper and deeper into the case down that rabbit hole, mm. uh, and like the the idea of like you know the truth watchers out there, the people that like no matter what will do whatever they can to find truth until you cross a point to where maybe you can't actually handle it. Yeah, and there have been many detectives previously that were set to try to find the hacker Trinity. Um, and they all met terrible, terrible ends. I think most of them dead. Some of them suicide by quote unquote suicide. Uh, and then uh, another, I think the one surviving one was 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 crazy or went mad, which I think he was the only clue he had to finding Trinity. I, I don't, I don't, man. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words because now I'm just going through it in my head like this. 
is short and like it just makes me want to rewatch it because even the animation the art style the animation the way it's drawn the way it looks the way it feels like it's i if i could just have a full movie in this setting not even anything to do with the matrix i think i'd be incredibly happy with what like this movie could be yeah art style is the same uh, the same people did cowboy bebop right i think so at least that's what i remember thinking as a kid or maybe the director Something like that. Anyways. Um, yeah, so he follows Trinity or Trinity's trail to a train. Because in Alice in Wonderland, there was something about like the, the first railroad or fourth railroad crossing or fourth crossing, something like that. Or river, river, I think. Um, and so I think somehow through the clues, I don't really, I didn't quite get how he put it together. Somehow through the clues, he's able to, to put together that that's where he's supposed to be. I, 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 before we forget it and we move on to like the ending of this or the, the, the climax of this short, I got to say, aside, keyboard also aside, this, this cartoon has the coolest fucking cat I've ever seen in my life. He's like getting ready to go on the investigation and the cat, he forgets his hat. The cat looks out the window, has the hat in its mouth and frisbees it over to him. Oh my gosh, I want this cat. I love this cat. <laughs> oh yeah, the director is the one who did Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Like, of course. Oh. Of course. I didn't realize the same director did Cowboy Bebop did Samurai Champloo. Oh, with that distinct uh, animation style and fighting style that uh, was animated... I love it. Uh, I love this guy's work. I love how every, like he really uses uh, music to his advantage in his in his works um because you see in like this move in this short with uh the whole noir setting like it's very subtle soft music and only big when it needs to be but never in a point to where it overtakes what's going on because this is really about like the mystery and like and going down deeper to find trinity and then losing yourself because you went too far and your mind couldn't handle it while in Samurai yeah. Champloo, like, even though it's set in feudal time, with the way he was trying to structure that show, we got a lot of hip-hop feel to it that really makes you vibe with, like, the story, the characters, and their whole, like, outlook on, like, who they are. This director is incredibly talented. I love everything he's put out. Sorry, was that, like, I, I went on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I, I don't think I saw much of Samurai Champloo, just a couple episodes here and there. I don't really remember that much of it. I didn't stick with it. Uh, I'm sure it's good, though. Oh, uh, but yeah, he find he finds follows the trail of uh, Trinity and it leads him onto a train. And I think this was supposed to be where he was gonna get like one final test before seeing whether or not he would be suitable to be awakened. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then him and Trinity have like both have like a little standoff where they're pointing guns at her at each other. Except she's got gross machine thingy that they use in the Matrix movie to, like, take the bugs out of you. For fucking Keanu Reeves, they took it out of his, like, belly button or something, right? Yeah. This guy has a fucking worm come out of his eyeball. Ooh. Which means this this detective, more hardcore than Neo. Yeah, that means at one point... Oh, yeah, because she was like, you ever have any, had any eye exams lately? And, like, yeah, they put a tracker in him because they realized he was getting close. Well, he turns out he was hired by agents to try to find Trinity so that they could finally uh, get rid of her because she's been kind of a problem for the Matrix. Kind of? A little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but ultimately... 
Yeah, dreams of eye exams. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a dream of an eye exam. I don't think anyone dreams of eye exams. Uh, I can't say that. I'm pretty sure there are people that dream of eye exams. Yeah, I have horrible dreams sometimes, but never that. Um, and then yeah, he almost he he falls pretty far down the rabbit hole. Almost almost finds Wonderland, but as there as he agrees to go with her to go and find truth, his he's too old at this point. His mind fully rebels, and like his agent, like the the agent program tries to seize him, and like force the agent to take over so they can take down trinity and trinity has to act what does she do oh just shoots him but he does it not not a not an instant kill shot um but it's i guess it's enough to jolt him back to himself and he doesn't he's not even mad at him i'm mad at her for it just looks at him just like i knew you had to do that and it's okay that's also why i suspect some of the other deaths or suicides weren't actual suicides just again people because like it almost doesn't work when they do this because again like they're giving people chances to escape and it just seems like again like when a mind is too old they can't leave the matrix like that um and he even says just like i guess i'm just not strong enough even though she tells him that like he she thinks he could have handled the Mm. truth knows deep down he probably couldn't have. I don't know if I. Well, I, yeah, I guess I didn't have that. Read well, what was your read on it? Oh no, just bad circumstance. Not not so much that his mind was too old or that he couldn't handle it. It's just circumstances didn't work out. They uh were able to. They were able to kind of like yeah, you know, get into him as a or try to get into him as a, as an agent. But once it he was pretty much done for, uh, they uh they, they kind of you know gave up on that. It was like, well, what's the point of going into a guy who's already dying, kind of thing. Um, so I think it would rather than it being that he wasn't ready or wasn't strong enough more that circumstances just didn't work out. (laughs) Well, the only reason I think the way I do on this one is because of, uh, the first movie when, uh, Neo is first introduced Mm -hmm. to the matrix after being awakened and they, they have like this, the sequence of giving him the history of the world and what it really looks like. Like there's that scene where Neo wakes up and Morpheus is in his room and he says, like, I have to apo- I feel like I have to apologize to you. You see, we never, we have a rule to never try to free a mind once it tr- uh, reaches a certain age because it's too hard for mm. them to let go of what they know. That's a good point. Yeah, you're probably right then. Yeah, that also explains why everyone in the, out in the real world is just young and hot, except the only <laughs> people who are old are people who have been doing this for a while. The only people that turn into, like, <laughs> agents are, like, old, not good-looking people. Right, it is mostly old people. That old lady, like, with the groceries <laughs> and shit. That's probably the lady that talked to the lady, the, the one from the Osiris short. Did you realize all of the, like, business, or, like, all of the security guards in the first Matrix movie in the tower, where they saved Morpheus, none of them are hot? Yeah, none of them were lookers, no wonder. <laughs> God. <laughs> Maybe we should put it like that. I'm gonna turn into an agent. <laughs> oh my god, we're so fucked. I'm old and look like shit. I'm totally agent material. I have to redo my Sign- intro now. Cause <laughs> you know <what>? agent. <laughs> you know what? Sign us up. Fuck this. Let's fully embrace the system. Only because I don't have what it takes. To be in Zion. 
<laughs> Only because I don't have. I don't have the right cheekbones for Zion. <laughs> I don't have the bone structure or the genetic makeup to pass on to humans. Just sign me up for agent program. You know what? I won't even be an agent. I'll just defend a building agents really like. Oh man, what a depressing ending to this. <laughs> hey, agent, do you really like this Pizza Hut? You know what? I'm gonna go defend this Pizza Hut. <laughs> Just eating my agent sorrows away, which is bullshit because all the agents themselves, I mean, I'm not going to say they were hot. They were just dudes in suits, but like they weren't bad looking. You got you got the fucking when they get upgraded, they get you got the fucking fucking elf from Lord of the Rings man there. Yeah. And the way he just leers at you in full hatred. (laughs) Actually, he does look kind of goofy in that scene where he's like laughing. Like he's got a big old smile and he's just like laughing and shit. That was that that was surreal and creepy. Oh no, that sequence where he like wipes the sweat off Morpheus and makes uh. it like shoves his fingers up Morpheus's nose. So hot. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, man, sign me up for an agent. It looks like they get to do all the things I want to. <laughs> Cause you remember the saying, you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose. You can't pick your friend's nose. Well, if you're an agent, fuck that rule. You could pick your enemy's <laughs> nose. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and the short ends with the agents going and trying to find uh, Trinity, but she jumped out the window to safety, and the guy's there lighting up one last cigarette, or trying to. I don't think he ever actually makes it while holding a gun at the agents. And the flame just goes out. I love the mix of, like, this, once again, this guy has, like, an old-fashioned typewriter as a keyboard to, like, his modern-ass, uh, like, monitor. And he's got, like, a fucking... He uses, like, a fucking six-shooter revolver. <laughs> hey, man, what's wrong with that? While everyone, like, all the agents are shooting at them with, like, semi-automatics. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> he's a vintage man, apparently. Sometimes you gotta be that way. Yeah, it just turns yeah, out he, also, he custom made that keyboard because he just couldn't believe that people had regular keyboards. Yeah, it was just, he's, he's just basically an old, old hipster. <laughs> Guys, the 1940s was the perfect time of human society. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you also look at something like uh, the one with the haunted house, and like it look, kind of looks like this kind of slums area. Um, but it looks just very, like, modern-day, like, Metropolis kind of thing. Yeah, it... But, like, the fucking, like, battering ram fucking car that's going to, like, get rid of the glitch is, like, this big futuristic tank, red oh, tank, yeah. that just mows basically. through walls and shit. The Batmobile, hmm? basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's just this big future tank. It's just, yeah. So, like, I love the weird mix of, like, yeah, it's, it's normal everyday life, but also wacky future shenanigans. <laughs> we do weird stuff here. We had flying cars before the we, we fucked up with the, our relationship with the machines. But no, the 90s, the, the, the end of the 90s was peak human society. That's depressing. I think we all agree <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, sure. We all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
Did you like it? Yeah, that was fun. I don't think I haven't seen it. Well, I saw it like as a kid, freaked me out, and then I think I did like a drinking game in college, <laughs> which was not as that'll make anything not. Scary it's not anymore. the optimal optimal way to watch it. I'll tell you that for free. But uh, <laughs> we're watching it now and sitting down and making myself actually watch it. I had a few drinks, but you know what? It's a good time. It's fun. I like it. All the shorts, all right. like all the shorts, are good. There's not a single one that's like, oh, yeah, that one's the one that you skip. Um, but there are some that are better than others. Good. All right. All right. And so, Square It. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, even more so than when I first watched it. Like, the more I watch this this collection of short stories, the more I get, like, intrigued with the, the lore of the Matrix and what could really be explored in this in this story, you know, beyond just, like, the, the story of the one just like some of the concepts that is introduced in this uh, in these shorts are incredible just incredible it really pulls like or it really pushes that that like charge to like hey man you want to do an animation story it's cool to reach out to Japan give them a shot let them try some Star Wars visions was great animatrix was great. Why not give me a anime version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I think America is ready for it. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. Didn't they already try with like X Men and Iron Man? It was like an X Men and Iron Iron Man like uh, anime. Yeah, it was weird, man. <laughs> it was so weird. I never saw any of them, but the art man, style it was so looked neat. It was so weird seeing Scott Summers be like the anime edge boy, like never again will I use my powers. And then just this beautiful, like, serene music. Yeah, and he's like, I just can't do it. It's like, you don't understand, Scott. There's a little girl that was taken. So when they get to the airport, just like, I'm only here for the little girl, guys. Okay, I need, I need like, an anime studio that's doing, like, a sports anime to work on the next X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> With the power of friendship, teamwork, and believing in the heart of the cards we win thanks hey, cheers, Wolverine. <laughs> cheers to that guy speaking of which gonna date cheers to this. that guy uh kazuki takahashi r.i.p the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah he passed recently i'm dating this episode but like yeah i saw just response like how much Yu-Gi-Oh was very formative in all of our generation's lives in one way or another. Oh Jesus. shit, dude! I lived my <laughs> whole childhood in Duelist uh, King or Duelist or Battle City. Battle City tournament was my favorite. Oh my gosh, I loved Yu-Gi-Oh. Not the later series, but I do love the original series. Yeah, I just saw the original stuff. But anyways, we could go off on a tangent on that. Just and we will later. Anyway. <laughs> So you have when we do to... the special <laughs> So Did You Like It episode of the entire season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Don't fucking tempt me with a good time. <laughs> hey, it's your move. Ooh. Ah! <laughs> so you got anything to plug, Kaz? I don't, because I don't have the things right in front of me like I normally do. <laughs> All right, we, we're usually, I think this is a special recorded one, not streamed, but when we do stream them, they're every Friday, uh, 10 o'clock Central U.S. time. You can find it on our channel, uh, twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's the number two ND, the word respawn, uh, where we do variety streams and stuff. Dan finished Elden Ring and is moving on to Guardians of the Galaxy. I also do uh, Phoenix Wright, I think. 
Uh, <laughs> I fi- uh, think uh, we finished Devil May Cry th- three, four. <laughs> so we move on to some other weird shit. Then also joined by Sir Squarin, who also does variety streams. You can find him at twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin. That's Sir S Q U A R I N. He does varieties. I think he finished Kingdom Hearts. Nope. I'm so close. I have an hour and a half left. He's got five hours left of Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Then he'll do some weird indie shit you never heard of. It's a great time. It's a blast. Everyone loves it. And you can use points to make him summon the soul of Bob Ross. Only if you're worthy. Anyway. (laughs) I'm not. And I still summon him somehow. (laughs) This podcast comes out every week edited, beautifully polished by our good friend Tucker. You can follow him on at Twitter at... Tucker wins or on Twitch at Tucker underscore wins twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. So if you could check us out on Spotify Amazon Music Stitcher, Apple Podcasts and if you really like what you hear go ahead and share it with a friend, a family member maybe a stranger your Tinder date, that person you met on Bumble. I don't know what you're doing and that's fine. Next week we're going to be checking out Promare with our good friend uh, wait, maybe I don't want to name drop yet just in case something happens, but we were going to be checking out Promo with a special guest, and we are very excited for it. Yeah, share the podcast with them. Just drop it on their lap, slide it across the table, and be like, this is going to open your mind. Hey, have you ever wanted to understand the concept of death and then hear people yell about like off-topic things like Yu-Gi-Oh! while talking about the Matrix? This is the one for you. Yeah, then when they look at you confused and be like, what does that mean? You just tell them, fuck around and find out. (laughs) One thing leads to another. All of a sudden, you're dating. You weren't supposed to end up this way. You were just really good friends, but you wake up in bed and you're like, hey, that was a hell of a podcast. (laughs)